it is good to be here uh, this morning and uh, coming back to Long Island. Um, our first church in America was, second church in America was in, in, in Nassau County when we, Christine and I, my wife and I came to plant this church among Brazilian immigrants. Um, then my name is Darcy and I've been in America for many, many years. And the beginning of my ministry here was among Brazilian immigrants. And my last project um, was a church planting with a Caucasian pastor to be a cross-cultural uh, church plant in Queens. And was my introduction into the English-speaking world and church was a tremendous experience uh, for, for Christine and I. We've learned a lot and uh, we got really excited to see the work of the Lord in our midst. It was a Presbyterian church, and um, um, we, we are glad to serve. This serves as a word of introduction, and I'm really glad that Pastor Mark uh, uh, invited uh, me uh, to come. I'm really honored. I, I, I love the, the church building and the, the stories about uh, you guys purchasing this and the uh, gospel being preached through you here in this part of, of New York. And it is beautiful out there. As you know, Queens is really crowded. I love it. I love people. But uh, when I come to this place, I say, whoa, they have space for everything. This is amazing. I, I, I love Long Island in general. It is a joy to be here. Uh, today, um, the message that the Lord put in my heart as I was praying for, for, for you guys when Pastor Mark invited me uh, comes from, from Psalm 13. It is in your program. Let's hear what the word uh, says uh, for, for us. Um, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O oh Lord my God. Light not my eyes, lest I uh, sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully uh, with me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's, let's pray one more time. Father, as we continue to worship you and hear from you and, and offer ourselves to you, uh, we reaffirm that we need your, your presence here as we share your word. May your Holy Spirit guide us, um, speak to our hearts, O oh Lord, and use this text, your revelation, uh, to uh, bless our souls, to transform us, to give us new hope, and to give us new energy to pursue the call that you have for each one of us. And bless our neighbors here too. Many of them don't even know who you are. Have no clue uh, what you have done for us. Use us uh, as we hear your voice. To be confident in your promises and your love. And teach us how to connect with you. We ask these things. Trust in Christ our Lord. Amen. I, this, this psalm has been... Um, important in my life and I love it because it is a, a psalm that they say a psalm of lament when the psalmist is, is crying out to God uh, because he needs mercy from God 
And it, it, I love it because it is in the Bible, and it's not only the only one. We have many, many others. Psalms where publicly, when they gather together in worship like this, instead of just celebrating and singing nice songs and, and, and counting victories, they, they, they came together to cry out, to say, things are not doing well. We are not happy. But they came together. And then the Word of God gave us psalms like this, psalms of lament, where we can actually stress and tell Him what is painful in our lives. And we do it not only when we are alone, right? When we cry out that nobody knows. It's, we, we came together. They came together and said, things are not doing well. And they cry out. And then the Bible allows us to do that. I, I love it. And, and, and the psalms of lament usually is not... Uh, necessarily because of sin in your life. We just confess our sins. We are sinners. But we can go to Psalm 51, where the psalmist actually is lamenting for his sin. It was a specific thing. I committed uh, this sin. I'm suffering the consequences of that action. And then I'm lamenting. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness. Psalms of lament are not necessarily connected with, with, with sin, something that you did wrong, and you are suffering the consequences of your actions. We speeding, the police officer stops us, give us a ticket. It's not like, a, what a tragedy. You're speeding. There was a consequence. But sometimes we get tickets that we're not supposed to, perhaps. And they say, what is happening? What is happening here? Uh, this is the point. And then this is why the message today, I would like to call a Christian spirituality. How to deal with emotions, how to deal with uh, pressures, how to deal with pain, how to deal with things that we do not know, how to deal with hard questions. And how a Christian uh, spirituality works out, like a genuine spirituality, a, a, a gospel-centered spirituality. And when I think about this, I think that this Christian spirituality that we see in these six ver verses of the Bible, a really small chapter, uh, we, we can learn three things. Uh, a Christian spirituality, spirituality it is, is not afraid to ask the hard questions. It's not afraid to ask the hard questions. The second thing is, six God with boldness, courage, and intensity. Uh, a Christian spirituality, as it is described in the Bible, seeks God with boldness, courage, and intensity. And the third point would be, uh, has its foundations on God's love and power. A Christian spirituality has its foundation in, in God's love and, and power. Christian spirituality is not afraid of asking hard questions. Our hard questions, complaints, mornings, protests, and I like verse 1 and 2 because it shows three areas, at least, of, that we have a tendency to complain. Personally or spiritually, emotionally and socially. Personally, he starts like this, the psalmist. And this was David, King David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? This David is the same one that was a shepherd, who became a general. Uh, was a king, um, was a fighter, was a poet, was an artist, was a musician. Can you imagine all this? You see that musicians have one style. If you are a constructor, you are a style. If you are in the military, you have a style. But David, for some reason, he was able to navigate with the sensitivities of life, with the toughness of killing people, or defending your, or your king, or playing an instrument to calm down your king. He was able to see a lion and kill it, see a bear and go there and kill it, and tend for sheep. He was able to fight a gigantic individual, Goliath, and at the same time he could sing songs in worship and raise his hand. He was a dancer. 
His wife once was really mad at him because he was dancing like crazy in the streets. He was like that. But in this particular case, he said, How long, Lord? You'll forget me forever? You're going to hide your face? He was even questioning if God was looking at him. Have you ever felt like that? Emotionally, for example, verse 2. How long must I wrestle in my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Those days. And sometimes we don't like those days to be seen by others. But you know your mind, your heart. You want to cry or you don't cry in public. But in that particular place, you know that you can because you're asking questions. Sorrow in my heart on a daily basis. Emotionally, he was in distress. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow? Socially, he was thinking of verse, end of verse 2. How long will my enemy triumph over me? How long I'm being faithful here? I work hard. I serve well. I'm a good employee. I'm a good boss. And how long others will have the victories and the results of my effort? Are not recognized. How long I need to be fired? But I was, I was honest. I was giving a day's work for my job, my, my boss. And on the final day, they decided to keep that person and I was laid off. How long my enemies will have priority over me? And David was feeling that. I don't know the context. He might be uh, fighting with Saul when he was supposed to be the next king. And the actual king, Saul, was persecuting him out of jealousy. Perhaps was when his son started attacking him, an adult son, and started taking over his kingdom and betraying him. I don't know which context, but he was feeling completely down. Hard questions. Sometimes we have hard questions in theological areas. Remember the disciples of Jesus, when he saw this guy that was blind, he said, uh, asking Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that uh, he was born blind? Sometimes we don't even know why things happen. Who is is he a sinner? And Jesus will say, for the glory of God, God has reasons that we don't. Or or Martha and Mary about Lazarus, their brother, when he was dead and Jesus came. Um, um, Why? If you are here, Lord, my my, my brother would not be dead now. You you missed the point. I I called you. You did not come and, and now he's dead. We know the story, but that was a real question. I had my own questions too. My mom, she's still alive. She's in a nursing home. But several years ago, she started losing her memory. Kind of Alzheimer's. Not Alzheimer's. More a dementia thing. She does not connect past with present. She knows stuff and she talks a lot, but there is no remembrance of who am I. She, she knows my name and that's it. And on the beginning, she knew what was happening to her, right? 50 years she served the church as a volunteer. She was, she was a 15 years old when she started. The church that I grew up with. Loved the Lord. She was once at a Sunday school class when I was planting my church in Astoria and was so happy to have 40 people. I was really a successful pastor. She had 120 adults in her Sunday school class. <laughs> How can I go with this? But she loves the Lord faithfully and then she started losing her mind. And she one day visited her in Brazil and said, Mom, how are you doing? I said, Son, I'm getting crazy. I Mom, you're not getting crazy. I said, I'm, I'm forgetting everything. I'm forgetting everything. I know that I'm getting crazy. And then uh, we discussed things. And she said, Son, what if I forget the Lord? I said, Mom, this is a very, very good question. But one thing I know about our Lord, 
even by any chance, you're not going to do it. But even if you forget the Lord, our Lord is holding his hand on you. And even if you let it go, he will never let you go. Hard questions. And then it was hard questions for the church, too. They start asking me, hey, Pastor Darcy, your mom, she was so faithful to the Lord all her life. Why, why is the Lord allowing her to have this kind of thing? Don't you think this is terrible? I say, I do think that it's terrible. But some of our brothers and sisters, they had cancer. Some of our brothers and sisters, they lose their jobs. They, they, they die in accidents. Some, some like drunk drivers kill them. And she's losing her memory. And to God, all the glory. He knows what he's doing. I, do I understand? No. But she's not better or worse just because she served the Lord. She was supposed to have a, a long life and with health and all. But hard questions, don't you think? Hard questions. How do we do with them? Her sickness has helped others to uh, come to the cross. And, and talking about cross and sickness and pain and hard questions. Remember Jesus on the cross. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemai sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In terms of hard questions, don't think that Jesus is the big savior that comes here and does, does everything. He does. But he also has the hard questions. Why, Lord, have you forsaken me? For the first time, some theologians say, it was for the first time that he felt distant from God in our place. And he had hard questions to ask our Lord on that cross. Perhaps echoing Psalm 22 that says the same thing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? And certainly, Jesus himself was using the book of Psalms to lament before the Lord in our place for himself and for us. And that is hope for us. Um, Time flies, but uh, just to think about questions and hard questions. Tim Keller wrote that famous book, The Reason for God, and there is a new one coming, uh, just came, uh, Making Sense of God. It's a prequel for that book. It was really influential. God has used him powerfully. But now he's right, he wrote this other one to see that he puts like emo, um, Christianity makes sense emotionally, culturally, and rationally. Um, the reason for God was the answer rationally. But now this other one is emotionally and culturally. And I think it would be a very good thing for us as we understand Christianity and also use other languages. Not everybody is questioning the rationality of Christianity, which we can show it. But also the emotions and the cultural aspects that Christianity has proven to be what Christ said he would be doing and his plans. But it's a nice thing to see hard questions everywhere, emotional questions too. A Christian spirituality is not afraid of hard questions. But don't stop there. Seeks God with boldness, courage, and intensity. After presenting the complaints and protests, time comes when the possibility of victory comes. Some of us never, never um, have a chance to pass this, this initial phase of the complaints. Um, sometimes we live on the complaints. We are always mad about something. But the psalmist went beyond mere complaint. Everybody can do that. Verse 3 or 4, we will show him uh, talking with God. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Consider me and answer me. Spiritually speaking. Emotionally, he says, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. 
in debt for them. Like, I'm going to lose everything. If I die here, if, if, if Goliath comes to me, if my son destroys me, if my enemies, the countries that are trying to invade the Hebrew land comes and destroys what am I supposed to do? I'm going to be losing. And then he, he had this thing. Socially, my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will uh, rejoice when I uh, fall. So many times we do not know the, the, the historical context of the Psalms of Lament. But I, I like to think that it is connected some way when David was on that, that cave and saw the king came to, to kill him. And David had the opportunity to kill the king that was trying to kill him. And he said, this is anointed from the Lord. <laughs> Who am I to kill the king? And he had the chance. Saul did not know it. And he left. And then suddenly David, on the back of the cave by himself, just almost killing him, said... Hey, king, just to let you know, I had the chance to kill you. I didn't do it. Can you see that? My enemies will triumph. And perhaps was in this moment. Lord, why are you allowing these things to do? Or, or Hannah, if you are good with Old Testament stories, is that lady that did not have kids. And then she wasn't, one day her, her husband brought her, and she, they had two wives there, but I, she, she, he, he brought her to the house of the Lord, and she was there in the service praying. Nobody was there, but she was talking with the Lord in prayer, crying out. No voice, no sound. The prophet Eli saw her and thought she was um, drunk. And when she was seeking the Lord for grace on her life, he said, why are you drunk? You know, when you're trying to even do the right thing, crying out to, Lord, to the Lord, asking for mercy. And she was so... Um, let, let, let me read. What, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled, she says. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. But she was not only complaining. She was crying out to the Lord, offering that to the Lord. Or, G, or Paul, when he says about uh, Philippians, and Pastor Mark just preached on Philippians last week, but when on the first chapter he says, for I know that through your prayers, he tells the people in Philippi, and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. R.C. Sproul says this about prayer. is in your programs. Prayer does not change things. All kinds... Prayer does change things, all kinds of things. But the most important thing it changes is us. As we engage in this communion with God more deeply and come to know the one with whom we are speaking more intimately, that growing knowledge of God reveals to us all the more brilliantly who we are and our need to change in conformity to Him. Prayer changes us profoundly. And this is what we are encouraging me and you. We could talk about Esther, that queen that had to talk with the king. And she said, pray for me, fast for me, and I will go. If I die, I die. Prayer is that challenge. And talking about prayer, Jesus also prayed a very important prayer, Matthew 26. He, Jesus, said this, went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, Unless I drink it, may your will be done. And Christ again, the altar of our salvation, Christ out to the Father about um, what is happening in his um, uh, life. Now, the third part 
for this says this. Has its foundation in God's love and power. From devotion of a prayer comes a worshipful heart. A person that trusts in God's love and power. Even in the midst of a bad situation. Even when the problem is not solved. Starts trusting in what the Lord has said. We have hard questions. And even our country. Facing so many hard questions. The death of African Americans by the police. And then how is that so? This particular time, an African American police officer. And then it's more complicated. We don't know what to say. Just follow the media. Follow our instincts. See the consequences of our three, four hundred years of history. Just check the present. What, what, what am I supposed to say? Should just complain? Go right or go left or cry out for the families that lost their lives or the police officer that is marked for life or if we think back in the late early 70s when uh, the big topic was abortion ah, for most of us Christians it's a terrible thing this is, this is not supposed we, we, we love life but remember us Christians with hard questions we are so adamant cruel to young ladies that had abortions back in the days because of their culture and trying to flee from a problem that we never thought about. Are there other questions and other ways to see the grace of God in such a broken situation? David was experiencing those things, but he goes to the end and said, uh, 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 I, I have reasons to trust in my Lord, even in the midst of, midst of a bad situation. Verses 5 and 6, But I trust in your unfailing love. He says, the guy that was questioning if God was even looking at him. I trust in your steadfast love. Emotionally, he says, my, my heart rejoices in your salvation. Doesn't mean that he was celebrating perhaps in this particular time. But my heart is not in pain and anguish, losing all hopes. My heart trusts in you. You are in control. I don't know all the details, but I know that you have a purpose. Your big history is, is leading my personal history, my community history, and I will trust in you and not in my emotions. I will cry out, but I will put my hope in you, as Jesus did. Socially, he says, I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. I will, the, the, the ESV version says, uh, because he has dealt bountifully with me. I will sing to the Lord's praise. And, and one day, uh, was this first semester? It was, it was like a month I was down, emotionally down. I was, was frustrated. And I had a chance to share the gospel with a person that I did not know. And I, I almost heard this voice in my, my speaking to me saying, who are you to share what? What are you going to share with this individual? And then I was thinking, I don't know if my word was the good one and not the Lord's. It's not about me. This is about the Lord. He's, he's the one. Paul was in prison trying to evangelize a king. And he said, I hope you become a Christian. And the king says, do you think that just with this time we're going to be like, be like you? And, and Paul says, I want you to be like me. Accept this, those prisons. But if you have Christ, the Christ that I preach, man, your life would be completely different. What a boldness of publicly speaking what he believes, even if apparently you're in pain, 
Apparently, the victory is not there. Perhaps Psalm 23 helps us through this. The Lord is my shepherd. But by verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are uh, with me. Or Job from the Old Testament, that guy that had everything, a farm, kids, money, and he lost one thing after another. And, and he says, by the end, when apparently he was a disgrace for society, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. It is not easy to say that, but he knew his God was not on his emotions or situations. I have this friend. She, um, Christian, beautiful smile, mature. Years ago, she had cancer. We prayed for her. She thought she was dying, and she started reading a lot the Bible and praying and about death and what Christianity promises, what Christ has said, and she was enjoying, painfully, but enjoying. She came to me, Pastor, I'm ready. I, I, I can go. I can die today. It's, 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 it would be much better. It's, 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 heaven is amazing. And I said, praise the Lord uh, for your uh, confidence. And the Lord decided to, to hold her back. Remission came, and she had years, serving, continued to serve the Lord. The cancer was there, but now came with intensity. And then for the last year, we are dealing with this. And, and we visited her three months ago, two months ago. She was confident. But then she fell. She had to go to a hospice. And we, Christine and I had a chance to go to the hospice like a month ago, maybe less. And she said, how are you doing? And I said, oh, the Lord has been good has been good and he gave me this place to be and i even stopped praying for the lord to take me for me each day is a new day i wake up in the morning i worship him and i said lord how can i be used until the day you take me how can i how can it be a blessing for my my, my other patients here the people that work here I, I'm, I'm more relaxed the pain is is gone the, the day is coming but each day is a new day i'm free and I said, this is Christian spirituality. Life is tough. We cry. Then, then I said, hey, how can I pray for you, Christina? And I said, oh, you can pray for this, this, and this. And before I pray, I said, but pastor, how can I pray for you? And I said, you know, this is applying in our pain and suffering the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you find meaning if you're, you're going to die soon or maybe in a month or a week. But you know that your Redeemer lives and he has done that for you. To the end of this message. Remember Jesus on the cross. As an act of confidence to God. He said Jesus called out with a loud voice. Father into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this. He breathed his last. Another prayer of worship. Even though things are really bad for me now. In your hands, I rest my spirit. I trust in you. And the beautiful thing, if you are our guest today, Christianity raises and falls on this. On the third day after Jesus was dead, God himself took him out of death, our last enemy. But Jesus had to be courageous enough to let it go and wait for the Father to take him there and exalt him. And he's the king of kings, the lord of lords. And this is our, where our hope rests. This is why Christian spirituality is valid. Not because we think that it's a nice philosophy. We can beat philosophies. But because of a person, Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God, the creator of the universe. He is the one who says in uh, Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Because of him, Christ Jesus, faith in him, in his work, in his life, in his sacrifice, we can boldly um, come to God's presence. Presence. We can have this Christian spirituality, this genuine spirituality that is not afraid of asking hard questions, seeks God with boldness, courage, and intensity, and has its foundation on God's love and power in the person of Christ Jesus. Let's bring our concerns to God. Let's put our prayer in practice. Let's praise him. As a takeaway for the week, perhaps you and I, we can think about this. I will set apart some time this week to think about what do I know about my present struggles? What do I do not know about it? And perhaps after that, we can, you and I, present our findings to God in prayer. What is my situation today, Lord? How can I present this to you and ask for you? Or I can challenge myself to share and encourage someone this week. Not because you are on the top of your game, but because God is on the top of his game. And you're going to share how to be transparent before God and trust in the gospel. And he said, I want to present this. We are alive in Christ. This is the motto of our church here. In Christ Jesus, we can be witness of this gospel to others. Let's pray. Father, you know our hearts. Um, some of us are more easy in terms of crying out and letting others know what we feel and what we are experiencing. Some of us are more uh, restrict, more uh, quiet. But we all here have pain, suffering in our lives and questions and hardcore questions. And we want to trust in you. Perhaps we are in a phase of only complaining. Give us the grace to pursue prayer. Short prayers, long prayers, but give us the courage to cry out to you. And some of us, we are praying, but we are not rejoicing, we are not thankful, and we need to be more bold in our worship, not because of our emotions, but because of who you are. Then give us the strength as a community to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to Trust in you together as we experience the gospel, as we hope to see our friends experiencing the same things that we do. You are our creator and we offer ourselves to you. We give you thanks for this morning and we, we trust in you. It is in Christ's name that we do pray. Amen.